Let's see. I'm going to go live. All right. Boom. All right. I got different music playing right now. Let me fix this. Hope you guys are doing well. I um, hope everything is okay with you and your family. Um, I meant to do a post a long time ago, um, but so many things, you know, it's hard enough just, um, you know, some of you guys know I, I run a business. I've got three kids, three daughters. Um, one of them right now is actually asking for me, um, if you can hear in the background. Um, and so I'm going to real quick tell her, <laughs> go ask her mom. Hey, go ask your mom. I'm busy. Anyways, apologies. I'll probably have... I'll probably have to cut that, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Anyways, this is live and uncut. How about that? You know, some of you guys understand. You guys got kids. You guys try to go mow the lawn. And all of a sudden, right when you're about to go mow the lawn, they need something. So I'm sorry you guys can't see me. I have no backdrop going on. This is the guy in the pink chair. Why well, I'm in a pink chair? Because my wife likes pink chairs. Um, and uh, our room is sort of got this little motif going on so um you can just imagine what it might look like and um, let the spirit guide you on that one um so anyways thanks for tuning in tonight it's setting the table for revival um you know this this idea um comes out of um some prayer comes out of a vision um i guess it wasn't an open vision um it was in the spirit realm, and it comes from a book that um, I believe I'm supposed to be writing. It's the second book um, that I'm writing. The first one was um, Birthrights and Empires, sort of like a part two. It's the anointed, appointed, or appointed anointed. I can't, I can't keep it straight. It's anointed, appointed, and the last chapter, the idea that I, I had, um, it comes from First Peter two. And um, we'll get into that in a second, but um, we'll set the table with some prayer. So we'll just ask Holy Spirit um, to do what you want to do. We invite you into the room. We understand, we acknowledge that you never leave, you never forsake. And really it's us that has to come into remembrance. It's us that has to remember um, the look, the feel, um, the sights, the sounds of the heavenly realm. Um, if any of us has ever experienced you, we've had a God encounter with you. Uh, even now, Lord, my prayer is that um, some of that would come back to the surface. Um, that God, where you've met us and places of peace where you've met us, even when it might seem where... Um, you know, the enemy is encroaching upon our territory, what you've given us, Lord. Uh, we understand that you are above it all. We understand that our paradigm has to shift to match uh, the reality that you're in control, that Abba Father, you are outside of time and space, and that because you're the Alpha and Omega, you understand the story. And in actuality, um, we are making choices, Lord, to um, operate uh, with the best, um, the best uh, that you have for us, Lord. You've you set a table before us, 
And God, it's up to us to eat, to feast on you, to take our portion, which is just peace, um, to take up joy, Lord. And so we just operate in that now, Lord, um, with everything that, God, there are things that are outside of our control in this broken and fallen world. But we understand that um, you are calling us to co-create with you, to bring restoration, to bring a measure of revival. Um, and Lord, that these aren't one-off things. These aren't events <clears throat> that, Lord, even what we talk about tonight, um, it's something that we can we can glean from. I pray that whatever I share will be a blessing and that God, um, as people listen to the podcast, uh, go through the video, um, whatever it might be, Lord, they're empowered, they're encouraged um, to start to look at the landscape. That's what, what's before them, Lord. And to say, God, what do you want to do? That guy, when we go to work, they say, Jesus, where are you in the room? Uh, when we walk into our church spaces, we say, what are you doing here this morning? Um, for all my brothers and sisters that are leaders of any kind, Lord, I pray that they would take the next step of initiative, Lord. That I got, if you've calling, uh, you've called people to build arcs, to build churches, to um, be a part of ministry, to start a ministry, whatever it might be, Lord, that you'd empower them, encourage them, but God, give them a vision. Because, Lord, your scripture says where there's no vision, you know, the people perish. So, Lord, we ask for vision and we ask to see it um, as it's laid out before us. That God, the ancient's path would illuminate everything that's before us, our gifts, our talents, um, our voice, Lord, which would resonate with the frequency of heaven. And I pray all this in, in the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach Adonai. Um, so anyways, hopefully you guys can hear me. Um, hopefully everything's straightened out. Hopefully this is a really short, short and sweet. Um, and I'll start with First um, uh, Peter 2. And this is what uh, the Apostle Peter says. He says, So abandon every form of evil, deceit, hypocrisy, feelings of jealousy, and slander. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk, you know, he puts in quotations, this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. Especially now that you've had a taste of the goodness of Yahweh and have experienced his kindness. So Peter says, so keep coming to him who is the living stone, though he was rejected and discarded by men, but chosen by God and is priceless in God's sight. As Peter says, he exhorts, he says, come and be his living stones who are continually being assembled into a sanctuary for God. For now you serve as holy priests, offering up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus Christ. Right. And then obviously, um, that is, uh, that's a reference to one of the Psalms. I can't remember. I think it's Psalm 109 or 102. Um, uh, you guys can look it up. But essentially, um, the scriptures that the, there was a stone that the builders refused, um, which was supposed to be the cornerstone. Um, you can take that many ways. Um, the builders in that case were people that were supposed to be building the kingdom of God or building up Israel or building up temples, building up spaces, holy spaces. Um, and obviously Jesus being the cornerstone, he's the cornerstone because, um, because Jesus is the one that has the keys. He has the keys to um, the gates of paradise. He, has, he took the keys of death. Uh, he's got keys to all the dimensions um, 
that we operate in when we go up into the spirit realm. Um, he's got the keys to the many mansions. Um, he's got the keys to life. Um, all of these things are built on the cornerstone and it's a foundation um, which shall not be shaken. This is a kingdom that shall not be shaken. And it's important to remember. The reason I, I was even thinking about living stones was I was in an ascension group with um, some brothers and sisters. And, you know, in short, an ascension group is just, uh, it's a time of prayer where we rely on the Holy Spirit to set the stage for what we uh, can perceive is happening in the third heaven or um, one of the third the third heavens, um, uh, the, the Shemaim. And um, when God sets the stage, um, it becomes less of an interaction with our emotions. It becomes less of an interaction with our desires. It, it's less of an interaction with our passions, our own, um, some of the things that we kind of hold here um, on earth as important. And when we get into this kingdom lifestyle of prayer, we rely on the Holy Spirit to give us the direction to provide word pictures, words of knowledge. I mean, so many things happen when, uh, when you sit before the Lord in a, a time of quiet, um, in these Ascension groups, you know, usually we'll just settle in with, uh, focusing on the breath. And as you focus in on the breath, you know, you actually clear out, you know, the negativity, um, just by allowing your body to settle into the frequency that it operates in at best. And so what happens, um, you know, you can you look at your, you know, the first eight hours of your day, you know, you probably wake up in the morning, you get your Bible time in, you get your coffee, whatever it might be. And then you go off into the workday. And when you go off into the workday, when you leave your house, everything else around you is energetically, um, predisposed um to to brokenness just about and i won't say everything but a lot of things that we're encountering in our spaces are broken they're not restored the way they're supposed to be so when you go to the post office and there's a long line i tell you it's a long line because there's only two people working there you know they should have people you know three people working there well, what happens is if two people work in there and they're disgruntled because they have to be there and 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 there's a long line everybody in there is is, is mad and, and and you know it's five o'clock is when it's closed and they didn't get their stamps they didn't get their money order in or whatever it might be there is an energetic uh system that's being created there you see what i'm saying um uh you know you go to a place where the whole ambiance of the store is beautiful it's pristine um and the owners might not even be christians but what they do is they're setting the space that you know the place that comes to mind now um i live in um virginia and there's a place up the street called um it's a nursery um on ivy road and this specific place is laid out to where you walk in and everything is just beautiful. There's flowers everywhere and then there's everything that you need for the flowers, you know, and there's books for the flowers and there's, you know, and then there's stuff that we sell there and there's all sorts of beautiful things there and you're invited into the space of peace. You catch that? And so what I'm trying to get at is when you get into a place of ascension energetically you're getting aligned with shalom 
You see what I'm saying? Now, shalom is uh, almost, if you can imagine the stillness, you know, the quiet, just the subtleness, the most base level of where you can be right now is is where you have the greatest um, opportunity for entrance into the secret places. Now, I will tell you, when you go into uh, energetic times of worship, you know, that'll get you in there too. There's so many different ways um, to worship the Lord, um, to get before Him, to honor Him, and to have the ability to hear from Him, right? Um, we soak, you know, our, our music, um, is something that invites the presence of the Lord, our worship music. Um, we journal, you know, some people um, almost feel as if they're, when they're writing, it's, it's being controlled. The pen is being moved by the Holy Spirit. Like the thoughts are flowing so effortlessly and they're not their own thoughts. You know, that's, you know, you, that's one way you can tell. It's like, those are not my thoughts. Um, that's definitely not the enemy because he doesn't want the good for me. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to do that because that sounds like a really nice thing to do for somebody else when I'm feeling selfish, you know? Um, definitely the Holy Spirit is convicting you to say sorry or do something that's out uh, outside of, um, you know, your natural progression. Um, and, and, you know, when we go to 1 Peter 2, um, when you look at the scripture, it's naming off these things which, you know, you can fill in the blank or put in a lot of different emotions or actions in first uh, Peter two. What he's saying is he's, he's saying abandon the earthly things, you know? So when you come into ascension, you abandon your earthly um, status, you abandon um, all the things that you feel make you important. You abandon the things that you think you need to do for the day. And I say, typically what I do to help people do that is I say sometimes write a list you know even if it's in your phone jot down the first top five things that are the most worrisome to you because they'll be there when you get back or in the spirit realm I say you know if you see Jesus and you know look for a box you know um, or, or or see that you know perceive that there's a box there and you can just put all those things all your worries in there and close it up and set it aside for a later time because right now, it's a time for you just to meet face to face with the Lord. It's just a time to talk to him, you know. And so in these in the, the ascension groups, you know, there's no set format, but it's to be quieted before the Lord. And then sometimes if the moderator, the person is sensing that, you know, the Lord wants to take us to the garden or uh, the Lord has opened up a doorway, I'll, I'll say, um, you know, Revelation 4.1, after this, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here. You know, these are scriptures that are entry points into the spirit realm, because you've got to say to yourself, if John did that, then I can do that. If Jesus did that, then I should be able to do something like that. If I'm an image of him, right? If Peter saw that, if Paul saw that, if Daniel saw that, if um, if, if that happened to Elijah, if that happened to Enoch, that can happen to me too. And our mind comes out of the earthly realm, disentangles from the earthly constructions of what can and can't happen, which are basically limitations. When you remove the limitations of what's on our mind, we become renewed. Our mind becomes renewed. The possibilities of what is possible in that moment changes. 
And so when you understand that anything can happen, you can say, you know, you say, okay, if Jesus is in the room, then healing can happen. If Jesus is in the room, then the kingdom of God can be manifest. The kingdom of God can be proclaimed, Luke 9.1, right? Proclaim the kingdom of God, heal the sick. And so when we get into these places of ascension, we're on, we're on a roller coaster or on for a ride that, you know, will essentially take us to some understanding of what Jesus is doing in our season, what he's doing in the corporate body, what he's doing for us or in us or through us or what he's calling us to. I mean, it, there's so many things that he wants to show us, but our eyes have to be open, you know, our, our, our spiritual eyes, right? And when we are connected there, anything can happen. And this is what happened. So that was a long digression. I'm so sorry, but I saw in the spirit, well, I'll, I'll go back. So we enter in to the space and I'll be honest, I think the first 10, 15 minutes I fell asleep because I was just so relaxed. But when I came to, I heard somebody saying, I, I sense we're in a waterfall. And so as soon as I came to and we're in the waterfall, I see automatically there's gems in the water. And this is in the spirit realm. And so I see these gems and they're glowing, these rocks. And I see everybody picking them up. And there's probably eight of us in this group. And I'm seeing some of them pick it up and all their the stones correspond with those people's frequency and I'll, I'll go back just a second and say we've been ascending this group for maybe four or five months now maybe even longer and so as we've been doing this the visions and everything that we're seeing have been coinciding with personal things that you know we're dealing with they've been coinciding with uh, words that people have earlier in the day where they'll be reading something and then i might say something or somebody else in the group might say like hey i sense this or i sense this scripture or, i see jesus doing this and somebody said oh my gosh i read about that today or something happened there so there's a lot of confirmations that are being pulled into the operation of the ascension group and so it can t it just it builds on itself and you get energized seeing God move in such a mighty way where he's doing things and saying things and, and we're operating things that they're so outlandish that and they're connecting in such a beautiful way that you're like, this has to be God. And so at this point in our adventure, in our discovery time, months in, you know, we've already seen stones. We've already seen that they all have a particular frequency which is aligned with a color which is aligned with a gift which is aligned with a, a particular anointing that we might have for instance mine was amber and um that particular frequency goes well with um healing it's it's a healing that frequency uh <laughs> it's hard to explain but that frequency um has known to um, help with healing um, so when you talk about 444 hertz or 428 hertz or whatever it might be, our bodies resonate at different frequencies at different times. When we're in the heavenly spaces, the frequency obviously is more aligned with what God is calling us to, which is a stillness, right? And we've talked about this on the channel before, so I won't go into it too much, but I saw the stones I saw these people looking at Jesus, you know, down. I see, oh, he's at the bank down here. And I think we're in the river of life. And so I'm seeing all these things happen. I see the cord come down, connecting us from Jesus, 
you know, going through the water into us and energizing us and then our bodies almost becoming bioluminescent, being charged, energized by the stones and being lit up. Right. And so the word that came to mind was living stones and living bodies, you know, light bodies. And what I was seeing was that as we were more connected with Jesus, our bodies started to glow. They started to shine. And um, so the Lord was showing me a couple of different things. Uh, first off, like stones, we reverberate, you know, like if we would be his living stones, we would reverberate with the frequency of heaven. Um, if we understood um, the, to the degree we needed to, how connected we are to Jesus and, and how how much of effect we actually can have here in, in the spaces we operate in. As living stones, um, we change the way we operate when we start to understand that there's less of an earthly reality to our complete self-actualization. There's more of a heavenly operation waiting to be activated. So our mind, body, and soul have all been engineered by God with a capacity to assume positions on the earth as little Christ's. So the term Christian, as you know, is not given to us as a term of endearment, but rather an identification of class and citizenship in an earthly kingdom. So we're much more than that. So what I believe the Lord has been saying is we have to raise, first off, the idea of who we see ourselves as, right? Because if we see ourselves as just servants or we don't see ourselves as sons, rather, we don't operate as sons. So sons take authority where the father has said, take the authority. If the father said, take authority of all the earth and allow it to come under dominion of his kingdom, then that means that everything that we, un, you know, we can comprehend, everything that's under our purview, everything that's under our stewardship is to come under him. So there's no ifs, ands, or buts to that. And so it doesn't become that there's the person in the church that's like, it's got that gift of evangelism and he's the evangelist. Or the person over there has got that gift of teaching and they're the teacher is that in this new season that we're in as we uh, understand how much uh, we've been given and what we're called a steward we don't understand that all of us have all those gifts all of us can at any time um, operate with the gift of healing any of us could at any time operate in the place of being a teacher, being a rabbi to somebody, helping them be discipled into um, the ancient's path. Um, do people have particular giftings in certain areas? Of course. Um, when you look at Daniel, when you look at Paul, uh, Daniel, for instance, he was knowledged in all the understandings of Babylon. So when he looked at the stars, he learned how they saw it. But then he also had Yahweh telling him, okay, this is how you're supposed to see it. That you don't put yourself under the stars, that you are over the stars. And so this is all here. It's mapped out. In, actual, in actuality, Enoch is the first one that got the mapping of the stars. Let me remind you that, buddy, you know, Daniel. So all that to say, it's like you raise your understanding of who you are and the game changes dramatically. So that everything that's beneath you, everything that's on the earth, it's like, that's for that earthly person. You know what I'm saying? Like your earthly self might see it a certain way, but your heavenly self says, I'm a priest of the most high. And as a priest of the most high, I don't, I'm not going to reverberate with that misaligned frequency. So I'm going to walk away from this situation or not even touch it. I'm going to say, Jesus boom, heal that, or Jesus, do something with that, because I'm not touching that, you know what I'm saying, and it's not in everything, I, I will say there are tough periods 
that um you know we're, there's fire that we walk through so i'm not going to say um that we're totally detached from everything but i i hopefully what i would say is the living stones actually are living stones stones you know non-living stones they have no power so um the picture i had another picture i had was that living stones can be put in the father's hand and they can be thrown at the enemy right so they can topple the towers of babel or they can topple the little hills um that will eventually come into the mountain of the lord um to seek out restoration um, the living stones then become the extension of a living, um, a, the living uh, cornerstone, which then becomes our, our anchor point, right? Um, I think the other, the other day when I was writing this, it, it kind of, I'm playing with this idea of an assembly of God, which is a people in the four walls church which is built with architecture and stones and all this and stuff and is a place where we meet in fellowship. However, I just kind of think to myself, have we fallen from the complete understanding of what it means to be the church if per se one day we could not walk into those four walls, right? Does it sound familiar? You know, like what happens when we can't go to church and we can't worship? What do the people do then? You know what I'm saying? How do we meet with the Lord? What we kind of understand in our Western culture is that the place of righteousness is far off. That the place that we worship is over there. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to get in our car and go meet God. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, most of you brothers and sisters, I would imagine, you know, you guys are already in this place where um, you guys hunger for the Lord. You know what I'm saying? You guys want the Lord. You want to feast on him. Um, you want his presence in your life every day. So I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but I think one thing that we can do as a body of Christ is help pull people into the the new understanding of who we are as sons. And so somehow our language can help people disentangle from the earth. And so it's not just the strife in first peter 2 it's not just the hypocrisy the slander you know there's something much bigger going on when we have jealousy and slander there's competition you know um there's um the fear of man there's the do i do i make the cut you know what i'm saying and all those are earthly constructions and when we look at the church we find that there's competition there this peter is saying this he's saying look you need to pull away from this. Okay, he's not talking, he's not writing this letter to people on the street. He's writing these letters to the people of God who have already come into a relationship with Christ, who have already understood that he has risen from the dead, who have already, they already understand that the kingdom is a hand and that, um, you know, they're doing a new thing on the earth. So he's not talking to people who don't understand who Jesus is. So why is he writing this? You know, why is he saying spiritual milk of God's word? Well, some of the people he's writing to are actually Jews. And some of the Jews are still holding on to the constructions of yesterday, meaning you go to the synagogue to be holy. You go to where God is waiting, right? And, and Jesus, he's saying to us over and over again, he said, look, I'm not leaving or forsaking you, like meaning I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's saying, look, the Holy Spirit is within you. 
You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So these living stones, we living stones need to remind ourselves that we're actually living stones and that there's a power and an energy and a frequency that's supposed to be anchored in Jesus to be a part of the assembly and a growing assembly to where a living stone will have another stone become living based on the connection that we have with Jesus. So as we're anchored in with Jesus, as we're uh, connected by the cord of life, as we're reverberating with um, the proper alignment, people start to reverberate alongside us. You know, energetically speaking, when we go into the places that are energetically fallen or, or broken or there's brokenness there, we have the ability to change what's there. Okay. We have the ability to bring with us what's right on the inside, which is eternal, which um, knows no end, no, no breadth, no width, no height, no depth um, that we can measure. And when you take that into your being, when you take that to renew your mind, when you say in your heart, I'm a living stone, it changes a lot of things about the way you feel about yourself. You know, um, it changes the way you see the situation that could be doom and gloom or be an opportunity for victory. The opportunity for victory then opens up the opportunity for the angels to come in, the kingdom, the God to manifest, right? The Jesus encounter, healing, whatever. It's simply just a, a stating to yourself and a remembrance, um, an acknowledgement that God is sending you out to change the spaces and God is sending you out to be an assembly wherever you are. That the assembly doesn't have to be static. The assembly doesn't have to be in one spot all the time. It's to proliferate into all the land, to go out of the garden of our heart and to remove any chaos that is within our purview. Um, easier said than done. That's why I believe the the time of ascension, the time of going up and down, um, uh, you know, as the angels ascend and descend upon the Son of Man, um, those are processes that will enable the people of God to move outside of even the static interpretation of the word or the static interpretation of our call here on earth. And when I say static, I mean there's a, a future far off kingdom that we understand and there's a heavenly place that we understand is awaiting us but for some reason we we miss these scriptures here which are saying that this is a now thing that you know you can have eternity now into eternity that you begin practicing um the mechanics of heaven here on earth before you even get into heaven so that when you know when the spaces on, on earth look like heaven, you know what I'm saying? And you, you take a step back, you say, how did that happen? Well, you know, the Lord will take you back to all the times you journaled, you worshiped, you spent time in the heavenlies, all the things that you set up in your home, all the times you anointed your doorways, all the times that you prayed over your sons and daughters, all the times that you believed that your, you know, your marriage was going to, um, you know, be right around the bend on a, a nice little uptick or whatever. All the times you remember that the prodigal is going to come back, you know, that your prayers are are, are heard, that they're very effective. Um, all the times you remember that you had an angel encounter, you know, those, those are the moments where 
we are elevated and we push down those limitations which tell us that death is around the corner or that tell us that this is not going to happen or that tell us to not um, operate as if that vision or dream is going to come to pass. You know, those things are always reminding us that um, essentially the, all the brokenness is trying to remind us that Jesus didn't come from out of that grave. That's essentially it. And so as living stones, we remind, we remind the people that were around. We remind the earth, you know, that Jesus is Lord. He's coming back. Remind all of creation that, hey, Jesus is Lord. He's coming back. And God's got a plan. And, and the sons and daughters are rising. So, you know, we got you. You know, some of the tree huggers, they'll be vindicated one day because they'll be like, see, I told you, they talk, you know. Um, but essentially... We are sons and daughters. Um, we are living stones, but also gates, bridges to the other dimension of heaven or the other dimensions of heaven. Living stones, then if they understand that they're operating in alignment with, with the Lord and they're building something that's new, building something that's heavenly, then we realize that there's going to be uh, a manifestation, not a thought is, is, is a possible. If you catch the difference, like there's a possibility that we can have revival. You know, there's a possibility that the person down the street could get saved. But when we realize that we're living stones, we shut off all of the intellect that's here on this earth. And we raise the bar, we raise our eyes to see, okay, that's where God is going. That's what God's doing there. And a living stone needs to be there. I'm the living stone that might, that needs to be there. I call this setting the table for revival because essentially what I sense the Lord doing is that he's, he's, he's doing um, this type of thing where he's, he's testing his people and he's saying, okay, if I pull these things away, what will you do? If I put a little bit pressure on this thing here, where you might have to be called into account for these big button topics, uh, let's go with something easy. The song of freedom, right? That's an easy one for most Christians. I mean, if there was one thing that all of us Christians could agree on, this is it. You know, we got to save the kids, right? So we're not fighting about that. You know, there's no blue and red here. But I'll tell you what, you know, there's people outside of our own culture, our own Christian culture, which would say, what's the big deal? Well, as a living stone, you better believe that you're going to cry out. You know what I'm saying? You are going to um, allow the person to understand that God's heart for all of creation, all of the children is um, not limited to um, a, a space, a time a particular group of people, all of his children uh, need to be freed. All the children on this earth right now need advocates. They need living stones. Okay. The, the, the time of revival will begin when there are people in these spaces of churches that say, you know what? We don't know what God's doing. We've been doing this same thing over and over again, right? We've been putting different 
close on it, so to speak. You know, we've been saying, okay, we're going to do Discipleship Essentials by, uh, what's it called? Greg Ogden. I can't remember. Good book, by the way. Um, and we're going to do these seminars or we're going to do a men's group. We're going to do a men's thing in May or sorry, July or August, right? And we're going to do this woman's thing and get all the women together. We're going to pray together and everybody's going to feel really good. And we're going to have just a really close bond, really tight knit group of, of women in the church. You know, those are good things. And then we're going to do the soup kitchen. We're going to do the community thing. Those are awesome things. I think the stakes are a little bit higher. I just have the sense that when, when, when Babylon falls, it falls because there's a great truth that has been put out into the atmosphere that, you know, God has a different way of living and we're not to coalesce. We're not to kind of say, okay, well, we'll let them do their thing over there. And we're going to do our thing over here. And we're not going to say, well, you know, that's their interpretation. And I'm going to let them do their thing because I know I'm right before the Lord. And no, it's like, look, when it comes to living stones and it comes to the assembly, we've all got to be vibrating. We've all got to be operating the spirit because when it comes down to it, every church space needs to have a measure of the Holy Spirit operating to where people can have an encounter with Jesus. So living stones, because we vibrate when we ascend, when we pray, when we get into worship, we get in our prayer closet, whatever you got to do. I'm telling you, when you have these encounters with Jesus, it changes your DNA. And when your DNA's changed, when there's a transaction being made in heaven, it's eternal. So when you get a promise from heaven, when you get a sword, when you see an angel, when you hear a name of it, when you hear a word of promise, that is eternal. That's written on a destiny scroll somewhere. It's written on a scroll that is being, it's waiting to be actualized. It's waiting to be manifested. Some of our activity has to move into that. So some of it's a proclamation. Some of it's, you know, standing up for, you know, whatever it is you got to stand up for. Saying something that's true, even though people in your home group are like, I don't really see the problem with the 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 agenda where people want to, kind of switch sides and and act as if God didn't create them a certain way for a purpose you know that's not going to have us out in the world reverberating like living stones what's going to happen is we're just going to be stones you know what I'm saying and in actuality those stones end up getting rejected some of them right you read the scripture Jesus says look you said you knew me but I'm going to tell you I don't know you Right. It's a weird thing to think that people are operating in churches in leadership and all sorts of things, deacons, deaconesses, the pastors, whatever, priests, and they don't have any measure of the Holy Spirit. And they don't have even an understanding that, that Jesus loves them or that, you know, Jesus is calling them to a higher operation as a son. You know, so then if everything we operate in is unto the work based mentality or this, you know, this understanding that everything that's here on the earth is for the earth and eventually we leave and go to heaven, we're missing some key ingredients to the revival, right? If there's going to be revival, there's got to be a hunger in the people of God, first and foremost. 
I'll tell you what, if there's a revival right now in most of our churches, we wouldn't know what to do. And in fact, what would happen is we would try to put a program on it. We would say, well, let's do the revival thing. People, let's get more worship singers in here. Let's let this thing run. And then let's see how we can get this stuff on Facebook and YouTube. And let's see if we can get, you know, other churches involved. And let's just see if we can just pack this out. You know, look, that's not the heart of every Christian. But what I'm saying is if we start to see everything from the earth realm, then we're going to be counting our men before we go to battle. You know, um, look at David, right? We're going to be understanding that there's a metric to be met. There's a goal to meet. There's a mission. But we're going to understand it from our earth terms. Living stones see everything from the, the kingdom perspective. You know, when when you see something that's out of alignment, then you bring it into alignment, right? But other than that, we can't keep going on at business as usual. We can't keep firing our pastors because they're not, um, what do you call it? They're not winsome enough or their personality isn't uh, likened to uh, Stephen Furtick, which I love, you know what I'm saying? The brother's gifted. But what I'm saying is the dude is, he's got a personality that's one of a kind. Not everybody's going to be able to preach that way, you know? Um, but what I will say is um, if people have the gift, let them go. Let them go into that too. And that's another thing that the program would kind of hush down is, if the spirit's moving and people are prophesying and people are falling out on the floor and they're, you know, they're vibrating and they're shaking or they're like, oh, my God, you know, they're shaking and they're in, and they're in the spirit. Stuff like that happens all the time. You know, I tell you what, um, there's 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 been times where people will be in the back of the church as a, as a deacon or, or some sort of board elder or whatever and saying this can't quite possibly be of the Holy Spirit. You know, what I'm saying this should be orderly. You know, nobody should be speaking in tongues and nobody can really understand, you know, what's going on. That's another long story. But what I'm saying is, is if God is setting the table for revival, then he wants the churches to be places that can hold the revival. Can we hold the living water? You know, can we um, can we walk into a dimension that um, calls us to operate in complete faith? You know, we look at the visions and the dreams that the brothers and sisters have, you know, behold, I was in the Lord day and I saw a door. I mean, yes, it would weird you out to see an angel, you know, but after you lift your eyes and he says, get up, don't worship me and all this stuff. The people are talking to the angels like they're talking to men, you know, even some of the brothers and sisters that get words, you know, um, I can't remember the, I think it was one of the judges. It, it might've been Samson's father. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but Samson's father, he, you know, his, his wife was barren. The angel comes and says, Hey, you're going to have a kid. And this is all that you got to do. Do the Nazarite thing. Don't drink. The father's like, yo, did you really talk to it? What did the guy say? And you know, the wife's like, well, I thought it was an angel. Maybe it was an angel. And the guy's like, well, I'm going to go talk to this man, you know? And so he goes and talks to the man, you know, who was an angel and the guy is totally oblivious that he's an angel. But still, he understood that there was something holy about the man. There was something that was on this man that was definitely divine. And he heard what he had to say. So whether or not we can completely understand what God is doing, 
we have to allow him the space to set the table. How do we do that? I think one of the things that we start to operate in is um, more heavily as a body of Christ is just um, seeing what's there for us in in the spirit realm. Now, that might sound like, okay, duh, you know what I'm saying? Look, what I'm saying is we have to open up time to hear from the Lord in a way that allows us to break away. I think we've been taught to read our Bibles. We've been taught to journal. We've been taught to have quiet time, but we haven't been taught how to um, pick out what's happening in the unseen, if that makes any sense. And that's a gift for some people. I, I believe that the Lord is showing key people in, in the church, in the church world, how to move into that in a different way. I think even a lot of our pastors now, even Stephen Furtick or, or some other, a lot of other brothers, brothers and sisters I'm watching now, they're talking more about what the spirit wants to do. They're talking more about what the angels are doing. They're talking more about just things happening that are outside of our control that we got to move into and trust that God is, is breaking something open. Because if we expect a revival to come with a five-step process, like meaning, and this is awesome, by the way, a lot of churches do it, but if say, we say to ourselves, well, if we, or if we worship for two hours and we take an offering in between the two offers or whatever, and we have like a little sermon that, and we just have a lot of worship and people just get slain in the spirit, you know, maybe revival will come, maybe I tell you, it's uh, that you can't go wrong with worship. But what I will tell you is if we try to write the script for what God wants to do, we might miss something. And so the simplicity of being a son, the simplicity of being a living stone is just that we're just offering ourselves up for whatever operation the kingdom wants to do. You see what I'm saying? And so when we offer ourselves up as a living stone, as a living sacrifice um, to be purified on the Lord's altar, it opens up a whole new world, which um, is not finite. Okay, if our expectations of anything that we're supposed to do in the, in ministry, in church, in our life, it, uh, become finite, meaning if if there's no possibility for um, you know us to move out of the mundane, for us to move off of the script, you know the 401k, all that stuff. If God calls you to pick up and leave. You do it. If God calls you to start writing a book, then you do it. You know, you sacrifice your Sunday or whatever, your football game, or you only watch four football games instead of five, like whatever it is, it's an hour. You see what I'm saying? But everything that's in our life, we've pre-prescribed that we, you know, we have to, we work and we have to come home at a certain time. We have to do this. Like this right here, I honestly wasn't about to do this podcast tonight, but the Lord said, go ahead and do it. And I've been sort of wondering if, you know, and he's told me to pull back at times because I'm not supposed to be about, you know, getting the subscribers or whatever. He's told me not to ask for money. You know, he's told me that this is just a ministry to people that are um, coming into a, a new understanding of who they are, sonship. You know, and so this is an active service for me. You know what I'm saying? Am I blessed in the process? You better believe it. You know, and that's what happens. The kingdom expands itself over and over and over again. All we have to do is sit on on the seat that the Lord provides for us. Um, in this instance, it's a table. You know, the table is set before us, whether it's a time of peace 
worse in the time uh, where there's there's enemies around. It's the presence of our enemies. That's a very strong thing. And I might have to wrap this up pretty soon because I don't want to bore you guys. But I'll get to a little bit of the kicker with the uh, Ascension time. So we found out somebody was in the group. They were like a jeweler or something like that. And they had they knew stones. Well, there are stones that are actually phosphorescent in nature. It's the Ye Ming Zhu crystal. It's a phosphorescent stone that glows in the dark. And it so anything that has light, you got to understand if it's giving off light, it has light, whatever it is, there's energy involved. Okay, even if it's the most minute amount, there's something going on. And so this kind of just kept this, this thought kept rolling in my head like, okay, living stones, assembly of God, the church. I got it. He's transforming the church to actually be a living, breathing entity. Okay, we've been the bride of Christ. We've had amazing times with the Lord. I mean, I, I go to an awesome church, great pastor, great worship. The people are engaged. I mean, I tell you, there's so many families in my church that really want to move with the Lord. They really want to have great community. They want to be open. They want to get rid of the stuff of this earth. They want to, you know, disentangle. That's all beautiful. You know what I'm saying? But I believe there's another uh, construction to the church that's happening to where every everything um, is pointing to kingdom activity. Okay, and what I'm getting at this is hard to sort of consider, but when we look at our the way that we do our scriptures, when we look at the way that we preach, all that, what's happened is we've taken some of that old age. Uh, which is the church age and try to plant it onto this kingdom age meaning the way we saw ourselves the way we saw our church was there it was about us okay do we like the worship do we like the people there do we you know yes those are all important things but even the pastors started to take that on they said to themselves well if we need people to come into the church if we need to get the tithes up if we need to get the membership up if we need to keep the lights on right what do we need to do? Well, you got to have an awesome worship leader. Okay. You can't be up there falling asleep. Um, and even if you're in a church where they just do the organ, that organist can play her butt off, right? She is paid. You know what I'm saying? She's a professional organist. So what are we going to do to get people in the church? Well, you know what? No more of that. It's first off, Holy Spirit, just come on down and do what you want to do. If people start coming in them doors, it's because of you. If nobody comes through that, uh, not one more soul, new soul comes through that door, we're okay with that. You know why? Because we're encountering the Holy Spirit. We're encountering healing. We're encountering words of knowledge. We're encountering uh, uh, trauma being lifted off of people. We're encountering uh, marriages being healed, right? Because they went to church and the Holy Spirit was so strong that whatever they came in that church with, it is not going, it's not running around there anymore. Right. You know, you've been into churches where you feel like you got to pray right before you can even worship. Some of you, you know that some of you are very sensitive to the spirit. I'm not like that completely. I'm more the type I'll set the space. So I wherever I go, I'm like, this is what it is. Holy Spirit, do your thing. Some people are very sensitive and they know that there's unresolved anger. There's bitterness. There's things floating around on people and, and there's things floating around on leadership. There's things it, it's there, you know. What do we do? I believe it starts with the leadership of the churches. I believe it starts with the kingdom mindset being transferred. 
that we understand the times we're in. We understand that the battle is heavier. We also understand that the veil is thinning. We understand that God is giving to his people more power, more understanding um, than they've had in past times because it's necessary. It's, it's very necessary. The revelation for many brothers and sisters needs to it needs to be renewed towards a great realization that our church attendance will not qualify us for the work of the kingdom. What qualifies us is the abiding in Jesus and the intentional disentanglement from our desire to operate in outdated systems that struggle to help us interact with the real and living Jesus. Okay. Instead, we trade self-agency and an intimate relationship with Jesus for the comfort of associative holiness. Right. So we're more comfortable with just saying, let's go to church and get our holy on because it's kind of hard for some people to say to themselves, you know, I've really been holding on to this thing called my job. You know, I've really been holding on to this thing called my marriage, you know, whatever it is. And it's become an idol, you know, and I don't want it to get in the way of God. You know what I'm saying? God, what do you want me to do with this? You know? Those are hard conversations to have, but I tell you what, it's hard to have those conversations when everything we're building up is being held into place by brokenness, if that makes any sense. There's a mixture over the land, right? And everyone in the land, whether they're Christian or not, they're saying this is a mixture that we can tolerate. The leadership is saying we can tolerate it, so it's we can tolerate it, right? When I say tolerate it, you know, I'm talking about we can talk about arts and entertainment, right? I'll tell you what, any man that's in Christ probably shouldn't watch anything with nudity. You know, fast forward, turn it off or get the, you know, whatever you got to do. But look away. You know what I'm saying? I know I love me a good action movie that's set in the medieval times. But hey, I can't touch it. You know why? Because why? It's mixture. And something within my soul is going to tell me that um or something with my flesh is going to tell me that that's a possibility right if my brother over here is into it and my sister over here is into it and i see that they have all these other things that are constructed to look holy then i might pick that up right now obviously everybody bows with their own things and you know some may not some may hey I'm just going to say, um, there are some things that are for us and some things that are not. Okay. And if we understand properly what it means to disentangle, then first off, what we bring to the church is going to be a lot different. What we're walking around outside the church is going to be a little different, right? We're going to be assembled to be living stones. All right. So the question I have from my brothers and sisters tonight is, you know, what's keeping us from vibrating? You know what I'm saying? Like what's keeping us from... Um, having the word for somebody at the need, you know, there are people out there that need a word from God, you know, the people at the gas station, you know, the people in the cubicle over, even if it's just a word of kindness, that's a word from God. You know what I'm saying? You're probably the first person to say hi to him. How you doing? What's going on in your life? You know, everybody's stuck on social media. You'd be surprised how, you know, saying thank you to somebody or say, asking somebody, have you, how's your day been? How can I pray for you? You know, non-believers, they love somebody to pray for them. They won't tell you that. But do you know what it feels like to know that you got a real Christian praying for you? I'll tell you what, man. You feel like you're on top of the moon. 
why do you think they go to the go check out the tarot cards and all that stuff they want spiritual intervention they just don't know how to get it you're the spiritual intervention you're you know the lord tells you to pray for this person that person has been on your heart i'm telling you that person you're supposed to be praying for that you're supposed to be connecting with that this this week whoever you are i'm telling you there's people on your mind there's a group of people on your mind that you need to be praying for laying hands on or knocking on the door and, and bringing them a pie i don't know but they they need an impartation they need a touch of the holy spirit they need an encounter with yeshua well if you're the living stone you're a little christ they're gonna get it you are the operation from heaven in their life we just have to find out how to disentangle from these earth systems that are calling us into a limitation okay now we can't get into it it's kind of late and we can't get into these sacred cows but um the maybe one thing i'll say is that it's a it's a lie that we we've believed for too long to say that we we can't um see jesus or see the face of the lord or that we can't hear his voice or that only certain people hear or that there's a certain amount of scripture you have to read in a certain amount of years you have to be uh invested uh into christianity to where you can have an experience with him there is, is this is not an occultic system okay occultic systems they make you work for it okay what do you think we get the idea of a master's program right when you come up through, you look through all the uh, masonry stuff, they're masters. They call themselves masters of XYZ, right? Um, the whole Rosicrucian system, the Jesuits, they have infiltrated our education system. So the terms that we operate with, even the things that are on the school campuses like the fraternities, those are secret societies. People are being geared up to operate in secret cultic operations. So even in the church for a long time, the seminaries were taken over. And the idea was that if you are a seminarian and you have this knowledge, this understanding, then you are the preeminent one in your body, in your community that can speak on the word of God. And everybody else isn't really um, qualified to do that. That's not true. Okay. Obviously, the Lord and, and, and Peter and Paul and everybody else in the Bible is saying, look, study to show yourself approved. You see what I'm saying? Like you, you are um, the woman at the well. You know, you are um, the man on the side of the cross who has just uh, asked to come into paradise, you know, who has, has done far worse a crime than, um, you know, Jesus did, which is saying, you know, son of God, go figure living stones right living stones all right let's pray into that and i'm gonna get out of here and let you guys go because i'm rambling on now and i've gotten off my notes thank you guys for listening um some of that was from that that book i'm writing so you guys pray for me i got a book that i gotta write i got another one i gotta finish um i've edited it my wife awesomely she my birthday present um was to have this book edited you know professionally so Hey, there you go. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to get it out there, get it on Amazon or something like that. Um, if you guys want, check out, I did put up a book. I made a book the other day. It's called, um, oh gosh, I don't even know if I want to tell you guys, but I might have to, now that I open up my mouth. Um, 
it's what is it called i'll find it i'll put it in the description of the um it's a short read obviously what is it called it's it's a three-part series it's called i'll find it here it is it's called the lost of oh, lost chronicles oh where is that lost chronicles of phoenix the daughter of the knight's order it's on kindle um yeah so you could check that out you might get a kick out of it it's a short book i, I kind of made it for teenagers and it, it's something like you know get them all excited about you know jesus right so that's something out there but that was just a test trial because i wanted to see if, <laughs> if it would actually work i'm like amazon will let anybody become an author okay i'll tell you what they'll let you sell anything so um if you got a business or something you got an idea you better get on it because amazon's taking over if they you know if you haven't realized um all right so in the name of jesus we got any uh prayer requests over here okay okay that's my wife she is such a great um, encourager. If you guys are looking on podcasts um, or you guys listen to the podcast, apologies. Sometimes I'm all over the place. So love you guys. Um, uh, throw up some prayer requests, you know, prayer requests. Uh, if you guys could either on YouTube or on the podcast, you know, throw your prayer requests in the in the comments. I usually um, I usually go through and see what's going on. And, um, you know, I'm a I'm gonna be doing. Um, some interactive praying over over what's put in the comments because okay all right awesome so it's an hour let's get out of here so in the name of jesus i thank you holy spirit that god you are um over us lord i thank you that you hover over us i thank you that our waters when we come into agreement of who we are lord imagine uh, 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 a majestic thing happens lord we start to operate as if we're heavenly divine beings, Lord. And Lord, there's a lot of truth there. Lord, there's a divinity living within us. There's the Holy Spirit. And Lord, as we operate in the Holy Spirit, as we remind ourselves that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, we, um, we understand that there's life within us. Lord, sometimes it takes us just a moment to step back from our flesh to step back from the situation of strife, to step back from the situation where there's tension. And Lord, we, we have to remind our DNA. We have to remind our mind. We have to remind our soul that is well, that God is good, and that He is in control. That Lord, sometimes we have to remind our DNA that there's an anointing oil over us. That God, there is a, a, a scroll that has our name on it and a million different possibilities for this lifetime in this dimension. Lord, that as we operate in living as living stones, as we become the assembly of God, as we crave huh, the things of God, as we hunger for you to set a table before us, Lord, we say, show us, show us, Jesus, what you're doing in the room. Let me just sit for a second. Holy Spirit, I pray that you show us where the disentanglements are. Lord, I'm reminded of Paul. Lord, he was on the road to Damascus and he was fired up. And Lord, you stopped him in his tracks. He was blinded. 
And Lord, what you did was you said, sit down, sit down with me and let me unveil something for you. Now, Lord, we remember that the scripture says that in that time where Paul was praying and fasting, he was given a word, right? So Lord, I pray that in this time, Lord, you would start to show the living stones how to vibrate, how to align. Lord, show us how to operate into the secret place. Lord, what is our best way of getting aligned? Lord, some of us worship, some of us journal. Some of us soak. <laughs> Some of us dream. Lord, what is it that you're calling us into in this season? Lord, heal our eyes. Or take away our cloudy vision in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that as you take away any of the impediments to our sight, to our ability to hear you, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, you do a new thing. That, Lord, everything in our body would get aligned with the frequency of healing, the frequency of signs and wonders, Lord, the frequency of joy, the frequency of love. Holy Spirit, we ask that, God, there's a complete healing for us today. In every area manageable. Lord, if there are any ailments from any of my brothers and sisters, Lord, I, I, I pray that, God, you would allow them to go into the spirit room even now and to, to see that your hand is touching that very place that they need healing. That, God, we remember that, God, we, we, we don't have to go um, too far to meet with you in the quiet place. And that, Lord, we don't have to expend any energy. There are not enough words or songs or dance movements, Lord, or, or liturgy or rituals, Lord, that would express, Lord, our love and devotion to you. There are not enough actions on this earth, Lord, that could conjure up Lord Jesus, the energy of heaven. Lord, at all we do, all we want to do, Lord, is just sit at your table at rest to where, God, we can sort of imagine you sitting there with us and that perhaps if we wanted to, we could recline and put our head on your bosom like the beloved one, John. That, Lord, as we sit with you in this quiet place, Lord, you might speak to us clearly, without division. That, God, we would know that we know that we know that you're doing a new thing. And that you're using us, your people, to get healed, to get aligned and to be assembled, Lord, <laughs> as the bride. So, Lord, I say prepare the way. Prepare your body. Prepare us physically with perfect health and wholeness. Prepare spiritually, Lord, 
so that, God, the things of this earth do not call our attention anymore. We understand that, God, there will be always these little minor temptations to fear or to be anxious or to forget that we're loved. But, God, I pray that as we move into deeper areas of union with you, there are less and less moments, Lord, where we're forgetting that you came out that grave on the third day and showed yourself to many a people, Lord. That, Lord, we're standing on top of a foundation of faith and belief. That, God, we are living stones that right now are doing uh, a mighty work towards a mighty kingdom, Lord. Lord, for all the brothers and sisters that listen to this, Lord, I pray that they'd be encouraged, that they'd be charged to go off and do amazing things, to expand the kingdom in their neighborhood, at their workplace, in their families, Lord, if they're unbelievers, Lord or people that have backslidden, Lord, prodigals, Lord, whatever it might be. Lord, I thank you. I pray for safety from our brothers and sisters. I pray that even the spaces they operate in today and tomorrow would be made safe by you. I pray a hedge protection over our homes. I pray that, Lord, you would surround us that, God, your angels will be posted round about, closing off dimensions and access points that are illegitimate. That, Lord, there be the bloodline of Jesus set about our homes. So, like, God, only you are welcome. And only your angels are welcome. So that, God, our homes would become living sanctuaries for living stones. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, guys. Man, you guys are awesome. So glad for my wife. Tell you what, you find a good woman. He is a blessed man. He who finds a good wife, right? Finds a good thing. I bless the marriages. I bless the marriages. I bless the children. Um, the world will know. The world will know that these stones are living. Guarantee it. Coming into an interesting time, guys. All right? Things are ramping up. All right. Love you guys.